If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Recorded live.
<clears throat> hey, Jay, this is Todd. Hey, Todd, how's it going, man? Good, good, how about you? I'm doing good, man. I actually uh, had written out my questions on my laptop, and laptop didn't want to open, so I just sent it to my Mac, so <laughs> got it pulled up now. Oh, good. This is the nick of time. So how you been, man? It's been a couple of years since I talked to you. It has, man. It's, uh, it's been busy. Uh, um, but, but, yeah, man, it's going well. Um, you know, uh, the master's program and seminaries come into a close. I've got one class this summer, and then I have to write a thesis this fall, and I'm done. And then I'll turn around and start the doctoral program probably in the spring. And then, yeah. you know, kids, kids are growing up. One just finished middle school, so we're going to have our first high schooler next year. And, uh, yeah, man, so just, it's a it's a busy busy life, busy time, but it's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, my daughter's about to graduate high school, so she's got, she's her last day of senior year was Friday, so I'm kind of, Emotion Friday was an emotional day for me because it was uh, she's my oldest and she's graduating on the 25th so it's it's crazy um, when I when I first started Christian Music Review back in 2004 um, she was she was five years old and now she's almost 18 so just kind of shows you how long I've been doing what I've been doing <laughs> yeah well what what we're gonna do today obviously is um, we're going to focus on this new release, and I'm, I, when I saw it, I wasn't sure what it was, whether it was a Greatest Hits collection, whether it was new music, because last time I talked to you um, a couple of years ago, you had said that you were uh, really into school and you weren't really sure music-wise when you were going to release new music, so I'm excited there's a couple of songs in there, so we'll focus on that, and then... Um, uh, and, and I apologize. You had spent probably an hour with me on the phone back in 2015, uh, preparing for that reflection of something 10th anniversary uh, article. But we had gone into a, an unforeseen transition with Christian Music Review, where it closed in August 2015, and we relaunched as today's Christian Entertainment in January of 2016. So I still have that recording. I'm going to go back um, and actually transcribe it and put it out as an article because you had given us a, a ton of cool behind the scenes information on, you know, recording and writing that record. And I really want people to be able to read and because I've, I've looked online and I don't think that there's anybody who has any kind of as in-depth story behind that record as the conversation I had with you. So we'll hopefully be getting that up for August, kind of like on the scratch out the 10, put a 12th year anniversary of reflection of something yeah. <laughs> See it, and just go from there. But we're, um, we're excited that you're here to talk with us today about the, the new record. Great. Thanks, man. So if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get started. Yeah, yeah. And uh, since I have your email, what I'll do is uh, this interview is going to air on Kingdom Builder on One Jam Nation Radio on May 27th on Saturday. So if I email you some liners over, I don't know if you have an iPhone, um, but yeah, yeah. the voice memo app is perfect for recording liners. If you can do a couple of those for me and then uh, either text them back to me or email them back to me, it'd be awesome. Okay. <clears throat> All right, we'll go ahead and get started. 
I am privileged to be joined today by one of my all-time favorite artists, a guy whose bold songwriting has helped get me through some tough roads in life, and he's here today to talk about his latest release, From Grace to Glory, the music of Todd Agnew. Huge welcome to the one and only Todd Agnew. Todd, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, and thanks for having me. Well, let's see. I spoke with you a few years ago about an article that was supposed to run on Christian Music Review about the 10th anniversary release of your 2005 record, Reflection of Something. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get it up, but I am excited to talk with you today about your latest release called From Grace to Glory, the music of Todd Agnew. First off, excited to hear a few new tracks and some reworked tracks from your past records. What was your inspiration on going back to put these things together? Well, man, it was a few different things. Um, we uh, One is, you know, I've been in seminary the last four years, and so um, I'm definitely not uh, songwriting as much as I used to. Uh, and, uh, and it wasn't ever a purposeful thing. It's just I think I've, just, I've got so much information going in that uh, it doesn't have time to get all the way through my creative process. And so, so it's been a little slow musically. Um, but on the other side of it, um, we lost the, the head of my label who passed away couple of years ago, and, and then right behind them, the engineers uh, and producers that actually, um, since we just brought it up, um, was the producer of the Reflection of Something record, John Hampton. Uh, we lost them both within weeks of each other, and um, they were two of the owners of my label. They were two of the pillars of our community, and uh, and it kind of threw us, you know, into a, into a weird spot. Um, Especially if I had led us so strongly for someone and to kind of figure out what to do next and to for the label to figure out, hey, who's gonna, you know, be the one to step forward into the next generation. And and so as all the those conversations kept going, um, the idea came up of, you know, hey, well what a, what about, you know, this compilation kind of record? And it was brought up originally as a greatest hits record. And I just said, hey, guys, um, I don't think anybody really has to do a Greatest Hits record anymore. People can just go to iTunes and buy the songs they want or their own Spotify playlist, and and that's it. So that's kind of, you know, a, a not very useful idea. Um, but we kept wrestling with it. So where we landed was, hey, well, what if we had some hits, you know, half a record of hits, and then half a record of the songs that, we wish people had, uh, you know, the the version of Martyr Song that came out in the Ted Decker book rather than the one that was on Better Questions, the, you know, the U2 song that I did for the Africa compilation. Um, and so it's, it's little nuggets like that that are these cool songs that we, we really wished people had. So we pulled those together, and then we took what we felt, because I've written a whole record, basically, a whole you know, chunk of songs, and we kind of took the two best of those songs and went and recorded them and put this record together, and uh, we're getting it and sharing it with people, and then we're going to turn around and figure out what's next. Well, that's cool, and I noticed in the, the bio that was sent about the, the new release, 
uh, you mentioned just now, uh, you can build a playlist on iTunes and, you know, what's a hit song anyway? My mom likes all of them. So it's kind of, it's, and, and to me, you know, going back to reflection, that was actually, to me, that could be a greatest hits record because it, it was one of the few records that I could actually sit and listen to from beginning to end. And to me personally, there was, there wasn't a bad song. And, you know, you had told me in the conversation a couple of years ago that you had a song ready to record. Uh, in fact, you may have recorded it already for reflection of something uh, that was written by Mercy Me's bassist, Nathan Cochran. And at the time, you weren't able to put it on the record because he had, he had wanted to hold it back for a solo record. And now that you have kind of gone back, you've included that song on this record with a familiar music track playing in the background. Can you tell us about the song Beautiful? Yeah, and it was, it was one of the songs I really fought for to be on this record because of that story and because of this song. Um, we, uh, that we recorded it. It was all ready for, I thought it was one of the best songs on the Reflection record. Um, and then Nathan called me and said, hey, Todd, it's the deal. I've got somebody offering me a solo, uh, you know, record deal. They want me to use Beautiful. And I'm like, it's a great song. And, uh, and he said, you know, so what putting it on the record. You know, he didn't in any way make any kind of demand that it used it. He already told me I could. And, uh, and your your phone is breaking up. Oh. Are you are you in a dead spot? Oh, my whole neighborhood's a dead spot, but I'll try to still <laughs> I get it clear. Yeah, I just it was the right when you started talking it was kinda of going in and out. I just want to make okay. sure I was able to capture that. So if, if you don't mind, yeah. if you can go back and just start start that piece again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Beautiful was done. We had wrapped it up for the Reflection record. I loved it. It was one of my favorite tracks. Uh, I led it in worship all the time, and, uh, and I thought we did a great uh, version of it for the record. And then Nathan called me and said that he'd been offered a record deal and they wanted to use that song, and was there any way I would consider not using it? Um, he was incredibly kind, and uh, and I, but of course we're like, well, it's your song, man. If you get to do something with it, of course I want you to get the chance to do that. Um, but it was disappointing to me, one, because I love his song, but two, because I thought we did a really great track, and um, and so I. I just printed like an accompaniment track, you know, of just our music. And I went and got in the van because I had to go on a trip. And, uh, and I just put that in and listened to it over and over. And I ended up writing a new song on top of the track that we had already played. And so I went back and recorded those vocals and everything. And that turned into a completely new song for the record. So that's unchanging one for people that are familiar with the reflection record. And, um, was actually the first single off that record. But when this compilation idea came back around, I'm like, how cool would it be to go back and finally share that original version of Beautiful? And uh, and we got to do that. And so I'm really excited for people to hear it. And it was when I first got the pre-release for this, for this record, um, I listened to that song. And I knew it was a new song, but I I didn't put two and two together that it was Unchanging One's music to, to the lyrics for the original song you had, you know, wanted to record it with. So 
after listening to Unchanging One for the last 12 years, it was like, wow, this sounds different. I love the vocals, but it's, it was cool being able, it's like it was, it's like it was somebody singing a brand new song over an old soundtrack. So it was cool to be able to hear that. And, you know, for you to tell me about that a couple of years ago, I'm like, you know, I want to hear that. And finally we got to hear it. It's on this new record. And yeah. And the thing is our talk was one of the things that stirred that is, uh, is we had just been talking about it as I went into these conversations about this record. And I'm like, Hey guys, we were just talking about this. And it's a really cool thing. We should check it out. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, has, has Nathan heard the, the finished song yet? Has he been able to hear it? You know, I, I assume he has. I, I don't know that I've ever double-checked and held him to it, held him in front of the radio and made him listen. But uh, um, I know, I, you know, I'm sure we sent it to him a long time ago, and, uh, and we, uh, we should probably do it again. Well, what what I'm going to do in the next part of the interview is uh, I want you to choose a song that you want me to play during the broadcast. Um, we can play the the new single that went to radio. We can play whatever track you want. So if you want, um, go ahead and introduce a song uh, that you want me to spin on here. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, I, you know, like I said, I've writing for. As once I went to seminary, writing became difficult. I had so much information coming in. I'm learning so much all the time that that getting it all the way through to where I could write something about it was was complicated. And uh, and so I I had a friend that kind of looked at my creative process and said, I, I think you're stuck. Um, that that you're not you're not getting stuff all the way through. So I said, I, I really need to be intentional about this. So years ago. I had um, read a book, and one of the the things the book had said was, you know, we we describe what happened on the cross in so many ways, um, that, you know, that our sins were judged, that we were forgiven, that we were adopted, that we were redeemed, that we were ransomed, that our debt was paid. And he said, you know, those are all different things. So what was it that really happened at the cross? And why do we use, if, if that's what happened, why do we use all these other things? And that's stuck with me for a long time, and it's bothered me, and I've wondered about it, but I haven't, uh, I hadn't been able to spend the time and the effort to figure out the answer to that. And then in school, I took a class called Soteriology, which is the Doctrine of Salvation. So we studied what happened at the cross for a semester, and my professor gave me an assignment that basically goes through the Bible and reads every passage that talks about how God saves us. And what does that mean? And I got done with that assignment and went, oh, we use all those metaphors because they're all in the Bible. We didn't make them up. We're not trying to be clever. This is God saying, hey, actually what happened at the cross is much deeper than you'll ever understand. So I'm going to explain it to you in all these different ways to help you each time grab a little piece, a little deeper understanding of what I did for you. And uh, and once I found that, it was so freeing. And I had written this, you know, like the first four lines of Glory to Our Great Redeemer. But as soon as I started it, I'm like, oh, no, it's about that subject. I'm not going to be able to finish this. 
And once I had uh, taken that class, I sat down and in a day wrote the rest of the song. And and it was it's been so great to to have wrestled with this issue for a long time and to really come to a strong biblical answer to it and uh, and then to get to turn it into worship and allow us to respond to God thanking him for all these things he did for us when he saved us and uh, and that turned into glory to our great redeemer awesome and we'll insert that song in there <clears throat> That is the latest song from Todd Agnew. It's called Glory to Our Great Redeemer. It's available now from Grace to Glory, the music of Todd Agnew. And, you know, Todd, going back to reflection of something, I know I keep alluding to this project because I'm a little biased towards towards this record, but I actually consider that one of my all-time favorite records in both mainstream and Christian music. And it's one of the few records by anyone that I can listen to from beginning to end and enjoy every time uh, the grunge sounding cover of it as well is probably one of my favorites and many may not know it's on the record because it was originally a hidden track but thanks to itunes people who see that on itunes see that track right away and of course my jesus is probably some of the boldest songwriting i've heard in christian music and you know todd the message of my jesus it's a message that really seems to fit even more and with our society today, even more so when you originally did it and released it in 2005. And I also like that you have uh, included the unedited version of the song for this new record. Yeah. I mean, when we, you know, when we started saying what songs need to be on this, you know, everybody had their opinion, but everybody's list started grace my Jesus, and then 12 other songs. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it, it you know, it, it's, it's crazy to look back even now and realize what God did with that song, you know, that it was, it was an old song when I recorded it. I'd written it eight years before 12 years ago. <laughs> so my Jesus is 20 years old now. Um, and, and you're right, you know, it is still really applicable. Um, but I think it's because it's it's God speaking about the struggles of the church and the world. And um, and when we look through the Bible, you know, you look at the the prophecies, you know, in the Bible, you know, talking about uh, wars and groanings. And people have always looked at those passages and said, yeah, see, we're in the end times. Like, well. Yeah, but those things are always true. Um, There's always wars. There's always struggles. And I think the church is always in this difficult place of determining who Jesus really is and figuring out if we can live like that in the middle of our culture. And and so it was an honor to share it um, on reflection, and it's an honor to get to share it again. That's great. And, you know, the, the, there's two verses that stick out in that song that really that really convicted me because it kind of got me thinking of, you know, like you said, how we view Christ in today's American society. And the, the one verse was, and who is this that you follow the picture of the American dream? If Jesus was here, would you walk right by on the other side or would you fall down and worship at his holy feet? And then you've got the other the other verse uh, that that I really liked, which kind of speaks on the same thing, is 
not a poster child for American prosperity, but like my Jesus. And that song, I can still go back and listen to that song. And just, it's, it's just as powerful now that it was 12 years ago. And I'm really excited. If somebody has not heard your music before, I really think that this is kind of the in your face. This is Todd Agnew's music that they need to hear because this song really, really speaks to me. And I think it's a song that, that the church could really look at and say, okay, well, are, are we, are we portraying a Jesus that's, that's so familiar in these pictures up on the church wall? Or are we, are we serving the real life Jesus from the Bible? Yeah, man, and I think that's the question. I think that's the question for all of us all the time is that we have to say, hey, is there, have I gotten comfortable with my picture of Jesus? Or am I always looking at him to see who he really is? Um, because uh, that can be true for any of us, you know, wherever we live, whatever culture we're from. Um, yes, I described it from you know, this generation of America because that's where I'm from. Um, but but I think for all of us, we just have to, you know, continue to look up from the Christianity we've created and we've gotten comfortable with to continue to look at Christ and let him be the defining characteristic of that. And you even personalized it because you mentioned Beale Street, which, of course, is in Memphis, Tennessee, where you're from. So you had to add that little personal touch to it as well. It did. I thought about going back and editing that part because that that's actually the second version of the song. Because like I said, I'd written it eight years previous. And and so the original line said Debellum, which is Dallas, which is where I live now, but it's also where I grew up. And, uh, and so it's um, so that was the original line in the song. And then once we were putting it on a record that everybody was going to hear, I'm like, well, Nobody knows Deep Ellum, but everybody knows Beale Street, and that was Memphis was home for that season. So, um, so I'm like, hey, this this is an iconic thing that everybody's going to know. Oh, that's what he's talking about. Um, but the crazy thing is, we did that record, and then when the song went to radio, um, I played it here in Dallas um, for a concert, and. Uh, some label people heard it and they're like, that was so cool how you changed it to be about Dee Bellum for Dallas. I was like, well, that's actually the original version. I just did it because I was here. And so we went back and recorded a hundred something streets, kind of picking all the main cities in the United States and saying, hey, this is, this is that street for them. So when it went on the radio in most towns in America, they heard the rough street, the street with the bars, the street with the, um, you know, that you kind of tend to stay away from. Um, they heard that street um, in the song. And uh, so, uh, but we went back, of course, and put Beale Street on the record. Well, you know, speaking of music, um, what's next for you music-wise? This project does feature two new tracks. Um, is this release any indication that we might see a full record on the horizon from you in the future? Yeah, the, the beginnings, like the writing the beginning of this record was intended to be a full record. Um, but the more we talked about it with the new team and everything, we felt like this was probably the better decision for right now. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I'm really looking forward to, to what's going to come next. I already know some of the songs that are going to be on the next record. Um, and, 
And, you know, I'm looking forward to even this summer. Um, I only have one class and I'm starting my thesis. Uh, so I've got a little more time on my hands than normal. And I'm going to try to get back into um, a writing discipline and uh, and see where it takes us. But, yeah, that's the, definitely the goal um, of, you know, the end of this year of getting that recorded and hoping that it will come out next year. Well, that's awesome. It's always good to hear some new music, and this is kind of a taste of what's to come. And, Todd, in closing, for those who may not have heard your music before, and the first question I would ask is, where have you been? <laughs> uh, I would ask, you know, for the benefit of the doubt, for those who haven't heard the music, what's the biggest takeaway you want listeners to take away after hearing this collection or any of your music, for that matter? Um. And my goal is always for people to encounter God. Um, and so a lot of these songs are about me encountering God, and they're usually a pretty honest and open description of how how I've met him. And, and I, so I try to tell my story so people can connect with that and say, hey, God can do that for me too. Um, but that's that's always the goal. And so sometimes it's, you know, it's very simply – uh, it's, it's amazing grace. That's a theme you see through a lot of my records. It's just his grace is how he saves, how he loves. Um, you know, the one you want is uh, on this record, which it just says, "Hey, look, I'm I'm so messed up, but you love me anyway." Um, so that's that's a common theme. Um, but then you know, it, sometimes it, it paints grander pictures with the martyr song. Uh, you know, this all the all the dreams God has to fulfill his promises and his dreams for us. Um, but that's that's always the goal, is for people to, to encounter God wherever they are. I believe God wants to meet them there. And, uh, and so that's my hope even for this record. Well, that's great. And Todd, you've been, your music's been a great encouragement to me over the years, so I appreciate all of the records that you put out. And from Grace to Glory, the music of Todd New. Let me do that again. And I'm going to say that the record came out yesterday because we're airing it the day after the record comes out. So. Okay, great. Well, Todd's new record, From Grace to Glory, the music of Todd Agnew, is out now. You can get it on iTunes, and it has 16 songs on it, including some of the familiar songs and some of the songs that are kind of harder to find on other collections. So go over to iTunes and pick that up now. Todd, it's been a pleasure, and we greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us today, my friend. And I pray that God can continue doing big things through you. Your music has been such a joy and encouragement to me personally, and I appreciate it, man. So thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And that's where we'll end the interview part. And um, <clears throat> when you get <clears> – <throat> excuse me. When you get music recorded for this new project, man, if you – you need some ears to listen to it and let you give you feedback. Obviously, I don't think I could give you any negative feedback. <laughs> but um, if you have some stuff done, man, I would love to hear some of the stuff you've got. So if you ever feel, uh, you know, led to, to share it, to put some ears on, I would love to hear the new stuff. Awesome, man. I do. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. And uh, I'm going to send you a separate email with our Twitter and stuff. Once we get this interview ready, we're going to be tagging you. So if you see TCE for Jesus or KB Live 2008, that's us. Um, if you see those tags on there, um, you can give us a follow. That way you see them. But 
this will air on the 27th and I'm going to be really pushing for this man. Cause I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just glad to, to hear some new music from you. It's exciting. Thanks man. I really appreciate it. Jay. All right, man. Well, Todd, thanks so much, man. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll be keeping in touch with you, brother. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Take care. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.